The Church at Ross Bridge is a bridge to belonging, believing, and becoming in Jesus Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message and visit our website at rossbridge.church. Well, it finally arrived, and with all the supply chain problems, those big ships waiting out in the uh, channel, we weren't sure that it would actually get here in time. You see, we on the church staff have a habit of uh, recommending good reads to one another and swapping books all the time and reading them in our various areas of ministry. And I began to notice whenever I borrowed a book from Director of Student Ministries, Cole Kirkpatrick, he'd scribble his name at the top of the inside leaf, indicating his expectation that that book should be returned to him. Now, for those of you learning um, to make your cursive letters, let me offer this up as an outstanding example of how not to do it. (laughs) Um, But our family thought it would be really cool to get him one of those ink stamps that has his first and last name on it, maybe middle initial. Um, That would be cool, uh, a cooler way, okay, to uh, mark up the inside uh, leaf of all of his books. So while we were online searching, researching ink stamps, we stumbled across these really cool embossing stamps, you know, similar to a notary public's seal. Ooh, upgrade. Uh, This was going to be the perfect way to up Cole's literary territorial game and prevent further spread of that chicken scratch of an attempt at the ancient and beautiful art of cursive. So we ordered it, and when it finally arrived last week, I was so excited about this gift, I didn't even wait so that we could present it to Cole as a family. No, no. I shoved it inside a gift bag that was re-gifted and re-gifted and re-gifted from who knows how many Christmases ago, found some tissue paper crammed in a drawer from who knows how many Christmases ago, shoved it in there, and plopped it proudly on his desk. And when he arrived at the office later that morning, he saw the gift bag, and I heard him exclaim from his office, Ho, ho, what is this? And I yelled back, just a little something from the Lane family. We think you'll like it. I'm excited. I hear the tissue paper crinkling, and then crickets. (laughs) What do you think? Crickets again. Cool, right? Crickets again. Um, yeah, I can totally use this back at my apartment. Sensing something was a little off, um, I hopped up and sauntered from my office over to his office. He hadn't taken it out of the box yet. So I said, let's try it and see what it looks like. So with more than a confused look on his face, Cole pulls it out of the box and fiddles with it for a minute or two. (laughs) He says, yeah, um, you may have to show me how it... I didn't even let him finish his sentence. I grab a piece of paper and flip the stamp seal over to the weighted side and voila! Voila! There we go. (laughs) And that's when I realized it. Up until this very second, Cole actually thought that the Lane family had gifted him a shiny new stapler. (laughs) He's totally going to toilet paper my yard after this. Well, I mean, it makes sense, right? Who couldn't use one of those back at the apartment? A new stapler. Well, I assure you, now that he gets it, 
he has stamped and sealed everything that will sit still. His entire <laughs> book library is sealed with, and I know it's hard to read, but it says, read it, love it, return it, Cole Kirkpatrick. <laughs> Little olive branch. It's, you love it, right? I know, I know. <laughs> Who among you is brave enough to admit that just yesterday you too received a gift that you didn't ask for and you weren't really sure what to do with? I'm kidding. Do not raise your hands. Y'all, let's keep the peace in God's house today. Come on. Don't raise your hands. I see you raising them at home, too. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, did have an experience like this. Luke's gospel account gives us several tiny glimpses into the heart and the mind of Mary as she's processing all that God is doing in her life. Now, understand, this is a, a great departure for Luke from his typical writing style where biblical figures are typically presented and judged through their actions and their words. So when Luke takes the time to weave into his gospel account these snapshots of Mary's perspective and her inner motivation, he means for us to sit up and take notice. So let's do that. The first such instance you may remember occurs when the angel Gabriel appears to Mary before he even announces that she is to bring forth God's very own son into the world, Gabriel simply tells her to rejoice that she has found favor with God. Luke records in verse 29, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. It is decidedly good news to have found favor with God. Amen? But just like Cole with his shiny new thingamajig that he wasn't sure what to do with. Mary's not sure what to do with this news, this gift. She's confused, and who wouldn't be? Uh, A sudden appearance from a heavenly being speaking on behalf of God tends to have that effect on a person. I would be confused as well. Luke's gospel then follows Mary as she travels to the Judean highlands for an extended stay with her cousin Elizabeth who's actually at the time about six months pregnant with Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. In this second glimpse into Mary's heart, Luke sets the scene as Elizabeth tells Mary that upon her greeting, the baby jumped for joy within Elizabeth's womb. And led by the Holy Spirit, Elizabeth went on to proclaim that both Mary and the baby she was carrying were highly blessed because Mary believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises that he made to her. Think about that for a second. All Mary's done at this point is walk in the front door and say, honey, I'm home. She's just greeted Elizabeth. She didn't send a telegram ahead of time. Coming to town, stop. Have news, stop. See you soon, stop. No, Mary didn't drop Elizabeth an email before she left Nazareth, filling her in on the details of, you know, carrying the Messiah and all whatnot. And she didn't try to call from the road on the way. Can you hear me now? Sorry, the camel was coughing up a spitwad. Mary knows that only God could have disclosed to Elizabeth the details of her miraculous conception of the prophesied Messiah. Luke puts ink to papyrus and captures the only thing an overwhelmed Mary knows what to, how to do in a circumstance such as this. She worships. In, her, in the first utterance of what has now become known as Mary's Magnificat, which is beautiful, you should read it if you haven't, she says in verse 46, With all my heart I glorify the Lord, 
No doubt we have many different translations uh, of the Bible represented here this morning. I know you all walked in with your Bible tucked under your arm, right? Yeah. (laughs) I love how the message, which is a thought-by-thought paraphrase of Scripture, puts it. Mary said, I'm bursting with God news. She still has many unanswered questions, but Elizabeth's counter-greeting is an affirmation that God is up to something very special, and Mary is overcome with the need to magnify the Lord, even through the remaining question marks. I'm curious, any Lego fans here this morning? Mm -hmm, I thought so. Will, I have always suspected this. (laughs) So our son Ivy is a Lego master. Just ask him, he'll tell you. And in his infinite wisdom, he's figured out that Lego bricks and kittens do not go well together. Yeah, they look cute right there. But let me tell you, these two guys that we uh, adopted a few months ago, they don't go well with uh, Legos. You see, when, when Ivy gets a new Lego kit, the first thing he does is to pour out all the bricks and pieces onto the table so he can sort them according to the phases in the instruction manual. Apparently, the sound of Legos being unceremoniously dumped onto a hard surface is like catnip on steroids to these babies. And before you know it, they're all over the house. It is the funniest thing to us. It's not so funny to Ivy. So he's learned to close both doors of the study when he's building Lego kits. So he can spread the bricks out evenly and sort them, but keep them close enough to make sure he's not missing any. It only takes a few missing bricks to make it really tough to see how the design is supposed to come together. As we move toward Luke's third glimpse into Mary's mind and heart, early in chapter 2 we encounter a similar situation. Mary and Joseph, married according to the letter of Jewish law, but not yet living as man and wife, have traveled from Nazareth up to Bethlehem at the behest of Caesar Augustus, who has decreed that everyone in the empire should be enrolled in the tax list, and we've had taxes ever since. (laughs) It had to be an arduous journey. Remember, Mary, uh, at this point, was advanced in her pregnancy. When I was about eight months pregnant with our firstborn, I was pretty sure a three-hour car ride was going to bring on premature labor. I was pretty sure that was a bad idea. It's really difficult to imagine waddling uh, atop a donkey um, exposed to the elements along the roads of Palestine. Um, Mary is a hero of mine. But sure enough, Jesus, baby Jesus, was born there in Bethlehem when they were there to register for the tax list. And the oddest thing takes place next. An angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds, guarding their sheep in a field nearby. And the angel, with great fanfare of heavenly forces and and radiant light beaming through the cutting through the darkness, announces to the shepherds the birth of their long-awaited Savior. But anticipating, as the angel did, that this might be a bit much for the shepherds to take in at that moment, he gives them a sign, a proof, the very specific detail that. When they search for the baby, and they do, they will find him wrapped snugly, as any newborn would be, but laid in a manger. Now, first century shepherds are no stranger to the manger, right? They've seen one. They know what it's for. This was a very odd detail to lay a newborn in a feeding trough. Well, they did find Mary and Joseph, and they reported to them exactly what the angel told them and how they were led directly to Jesus' birthplace that night. 
In verse 19, Luke discloses, Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. Another translation says Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. There's a natural progression of internal motivation within this one sentence. The first concept, committing to memory or treasuring up, is rendered in the Greek sunterio, soon, closely together, terio, keep, gather. This is Mary spreading and sorting and keeping together all the pieces she has so far. Mary's pondering or considering carefully in the second half of verse 19 comes from the Greek word sumbalo, which means to throw together, to dispute with. Luke paints a portrait here of Mary wrestling with the truths that God has given her. She has had some strange, wonderful, weird things occur in her young life at this point, and she's keeping all the details close enough to continue sorting them and wrestling with them. With Luke's help, we peek into the mind of Mary a fourth time. This time, she and Joseph have been parents for about 40 days in accordance with Hebrew law. They're now um, in Jerusalem at the temple to make the prescribed offerings for Mary's purification following childbirth and also to present Jesus as a firstborn son, according to the law, to God in that space, in that holy space. The Holy Spirit once again lays the groundwork for what Mary experiences here. There's a righteous, devout man in the temple area, Simeon, who believed with all his heart that God was going to deliver his people Israel and soon. And the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple that day, revealing that he would not die before he saw the Lord's Christ, the Messiah. Upon, Mary, <clears throat> upon seeing Mary and Joseph, Simeon took the baby Jesus into his arms and began praising God aloud, saying things like, This child was indeed God's salvation, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and a glory for Israel. It's depicted in this icon here just how touching of a moment this had to be for Simeon. That's a lot to say about a baby that you don't even know. Luke zooms in quickly from this scene to Joseph and Mary, recording in verse 33 that they marveled, that they were amazed at what was said about Jesus. The message paraphrases this verse, Jesus' father and mother were speechless with surprise at his words. That phrase, speechless with surprise, takes me immediately back to when uh, Lego Master Ivy was just in kindergarten. It was very early in the school year. It was spirit day at Deer Valley. Now, this was before they even broke ground on the Chick-fil-A at the Grove. So there we were, our family of four, navigating the mosh pit of teachers and students and parents that were gathered around the Chick-fil-A in the food court at the Galleria. Brent was like number 31 in line, trying to get our chicken nuggets and waffle fries. Ivy was tugging at my pants. Look, can I ride this carousel? Can we go get a ticket for the carousel? It was a lot to take in. It was a sensory overload, to be honest with you. And through all of that deafening noise, Brent and I heard very distinctly and very clearly, Ivy, my man, how you doing? Well, we were speechless with surprise to turn and see the <clears throat> principal of the school, Dr. Wayne Richardson, um, all hugged up with our son. This man knew our son on a first name basis. 
picked him out of a crowd of like a thousand students, and it was only a couple weeks into school. So Brent and I lock, lock eyes from across a million people, and he mouths to me very slowly, that cannot be good. <laughs> Amen? Speechless with surprise, awestruck. That's exactly how Luke depicts Joseph and Mary processing on the fly, live and in color, how God has revealed the identity of their son to this seemingly random man, Simeon, in the temple. For the fifth and final glimpse into the heart and mind of Mary, we fast forward 12 years, but we're right back at the temple in Jerusalem. Every year, Jesus' family made the pilgrimage from Nazareth to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover Passover feast, which commemorates God delivering his people from 400 years of slavery and oppression in Egypt by appointing a series of plagues, the last of which took place as the angel of death took the life of the firstborn of every family in the land, save those who had painted essentially the lintel of their front door with the blood of a sacrificed lamb. These homes, the angel of death, would pass over, and the Hebrews were consequently uh, safely conducted out of Egypt in the great exodus on the way to the new life and the new land that God had prepared for them. When Jesus' family had completed the celebration, in the hustle and bustle of loading up an entire caravan of people who were traveling together, safety in numbers, back to Nazareth, They didn't notice that Jesus wasn't among them. They traveled for a whole day and then realized, oh, Jesus is missing. Fun. So Mary and Joseph turn back to Jerusalem and make a careful search for him. Now, it takes three days, but they do find 12-year-old Jesus sitting in the temple with the teachers of the law, listening, asking insightful questions, debating points of Jewish law, as any apt student would, student of the law would, And when Mary chided Jesus for not considering her and Joseph's feelings and how worried they were, Jesus made it clear that he was right where he was supposed to be, in his father's house. Now here, Luke makes a subtle but important shift in how he records Mary's reaction. The King James Version of verse 51 says that Jesus went down with them, came to Nazareth, Nazareth, and was subject unto them. Parentheses, he did what his mama told him. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Another translation says, his mother cherished every word in her heart. When we as a family host friends for dinner, Ivy, the Lego master, if he has finished a a Lego build recently, I will invite him to present it, to offer it as the centerpiece when we set the table. Now, it can be... a large feat of engineering to transport a finished logo build the 30 or so feet out of the study, rounding the corner to the hall, through the kitchen, which is often just a zone of things, and to the dining room table. I begin to understand why some of you who raised your hand as Lego masters <laughs> go to the dark, evil, shadow side of the Lego world and apply the crazy glue. <laughs> the craggle, as the Lego movie calls it, to the finished product. After you've spent so much time sorting and building, you want to preserve the finished product, right? Don't do the craggle. 
It's against the rules. Don't do it. But this is what Mary is doing here in verse 51 when she cherishes every word in her heart. The Greek root word here is dietario, which is similar to sunterio, back when Mary was treasuring up all that the shepherds had shared with her. But here, following Jesus' response about needing to be in his father's house, Mary is finally able to assemble enough clues that God has granted her over the past 12 years that now she wants to preserve the current understanding she has of the significance of Jesus Christ. She's not just gathering anymore. The spirit of the word dietario is that she's thoroughly guarding for the purpose of carrying to a final destination. Brothers and sisters, allow me to lift up, if you will, how these passages have worked on me over the past couple weeks as I've prepared for this message. Luke is an artful writer, and it seems to me that he's illuminated how our faith journey should and could progress through the eyes of Mary, within the heart of Mary. Jesus Christ is indeed a gift to us. He is good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Luke acknowledges within his account of Mary's story that we can, we can begin from a place of confusion, seeking the truth. We can choose to praise God through the mystery and the question marks. We can gather knowledge about God by studying Scripture and being in community, being in community with other believers. We can wrestle with the truths that we discover along the way. Occasionally, we will have an aha moment of spiritual sorts. And each time that happens, we're not just getting closer to knowing more about God. We're getting closer to actually knowing the heart of God. And then we can carefully preserve and guard the image of God through Christ that we carry in our hearts and minds at that point. Then we have something solid to build on from there. We have a clear picture to share with others. I would invite you to consider at this point where you might fall right now, this morning, today, on Luke's masterful outline. If you haven't experienced Jesus Christ as a gift in your own life, you're not even sure you need such a gift, roll up your sleeves and come join us. Come work with us on our next service project. You can go with our 6th and 7th grade girls as they um, serve at a soup kitchen, as they put together blessing bags. You can join us at Allen Temple AME Church in Bessemer as we deliver turkeys, turkey dinners to families that are experiencing food insecurity. You can come here like we did several nights ago earlier this week um, and serve dinner to 91 men from the foundry who are in their, um, their program. That's one of the best ways to really see and experience what the kingdom of God is like and how Jesus can be a gift in your life and in others. If you've had just enough of a taste of God's goodness and you desire to honor him but worship is a little foreign to you, come sit by me and my family next Sunday and let's make God's day worshiping him in spirit and in truth together. If this... It's a little intimidating to you, this big old Bible, but you really want to learn more about God's story. You're not sure where to begin. Guess what? There's an app for that. 
our church invests in Right Now Media, which is like Christian Netflix, among other things. And we can set you up with access to that and the YouVersion Bible app right after worship today. And you can learn at your own pace and in your own space. If you've been studying scripture and gathering intel, and you're really ready to wrestle with the truth that you've discovered, we have life groups meeting right now. And we have small group Bible studies that are launching just after the first of the year. If Bible study's not your thing, men, come have coffee on a Thursday morning at 7 a.m. with the other men of our church. Rub elbows with other Christian men and see if you can get a peek of what Jesus is like. Ladies, Bible study's not for you. Did you know that some of the most interesting things that happen in the Bible happen as people are walking together? So meet me on the trail and let's take a hike. We're going to take a hike New Year's Eve, 10 a.m. Small plug. If the Holy Spirit has granted you a spiritual aha moment of life of late, tell somebody about it. If you're not sure how to do that, join our Contagious Faith Bible study that's going to launch uh, in a couple weeks, just after the first of the year, where we're going to go through five basic ways, one of which is going to come natural to you to share your faith, to share God's story with others, whether that's acts of service, whether it's storytelling. One of those five ways is going to come natural to you. If you've been walking with Christ for a while now and you have a clear picture of His love and your role in His kingdom, by all means, carry that gift to someone who is starving for it. And see me after worship today. i got a class I want you to lead in January. <laughs> Let's pray. Father of lights, thank you for piercing the darkness of this world with the radiance of Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us a better understanding of who you are and whose we are. Through the life, ministry, and example of Jesus, advance each of us along the continuum of accepting this gift and sharing it with others. It is only in the strong name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we boldly approach your throne in prayer. Amen. The Church at Ross Bridge is located in Birmingham, Alabama, and helps people find abundant life in Jesus Christ. Thank you.